everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. I would ask you what you're doing today and how you are doing today, but it is like a month before this episode actually airs, and I'm not sure it's a really good idea. <laughs> No, I mean, I know we like to try to maintain the fiction that these are like real time things that are happening, but uh, it's summer. So everybody's schedules, including mine and Annie's and our and our sound engineer, Mark's and literally everything is up in the air. So these episodes like this, where we're pretty sure we're pretty sure we already know what we're going to say, um, are getting recorded a little bit early. But I promise you, if uh, I was recording this episode in uh, the several weeks in which it will be actually airing, my my picks and answers would be the same. So it's true. Here we go. Um. So I guess that leads us into what we are talking about today, which is uh, it is um, our klutzily titled half year best of. No, it's well. That's what you call it. I actually call the episode the best of insert year so far. Oh, okay, fine. Um. I think yours is probably better for SEO purposes. It's grammatically correct. Half year best of. What does even that mean? Anyway. I know. And, 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 and won't somebody please think of the SEO? It's terrible. Well, what was I thinking? Just anyway. as a general lesson, people, you should click on the things you like because that is the only way that people will make more of them. Otherwise, you will get more things like, is Saturday Night Live new this weekend? Because that is what people click on when they search. A little lesson for the masses. Click on stuff you like. You don't have to read it. Just click it. I would like it if you read it, but clicking it would be okay. Anyway, this is where we recognize that our slow, inevitable march of mortality continues and somehow the year of our Lord 2023 is halfway over. Really? Um, and we take a look back at the stuff that we have really loved so far in this year and put it all in one uh, convenient episode for you. That's true. Um, let's see. I would like to rewind the clock. As uh, 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 because I don't have a TARDIS to go back to January. Um, so we're just going to rewind the clock to January and say that um, of the uh, arrivals at the beginning of the year, I was most pleasantly surprised by Vienna Blood. I'm just going to tell you that I didn't watch the new season of Vienna Blood because I didn't watch the previous season of Vienna Blood because I never finished the first season when we were watching Vienna Blood. So I have no thoughts to share on this. I know. But um, this is uh, before we talk about All Creatures Great and Small, which I think we both enjoyed. I do want to put in just a quick note because we don't talk about Vienna Blood on the pod because you don't watch it. That um, this season actually made a lot of course corrections that I was really pleased with it basically took away um it it took away the 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 idiot love interest that never worked that the actors didn't have any kind of chemistry um instead uh the fiance clara who uh we always wanted good things for um not only went out and got a job and became a newspaper reporter but she became a hard-nosed newspaper reporter and used her old relationship um to basically get scoops and um when he tried to come crawling back to her she said no thank you so uh yeah there was just a lot of good stuff going on this season and i don't see any season four on the horizon and i am thoroughly disappointed because finally the show found its way to a good show and now i guess it's what? in limbo i guess it's in limbo 
Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, now we may continue with our regularly scheduled All Creatures Great and Small is the best, isn't it? It really is. I feel like <laughs> while we were going through like our list of stuff we wanted to talk about, I felt like a big theme for me with a couple of notable exceptions, which I will get to a little bit later, is um, just kind of unfortunate disappointment. Like I've had a lot of things that I really thought were going to be great this year turn out to be like maybe mediocre. And that has been very upsetting for me personally. So it's really nice that I can talk about all creatures, which just like does not miss. Like the quality stays excellent. Mm -hmm. It stays cozy and comforting, even though this is literally a season about like war. I just, it's so good. How do you make a World War II drama cozy and comforting? Um, All Creatures Great and Small Season 3 is basically Exhibit A. I uh, Apparently, what you need to do is add a bunch of cows and baby sheep and uh, a pig or two. Um, oh, and a wedding. Weddings always make things nicer. Um, honestly, I was really impressed this year with All Creatures and how it managed to balance becoming a World War II drama without losing itself in any kind of way. Um you know, there there were a lot of shows this year that had to balance a lot of things, and um, uh, Ted Lasso uh, failed completely in that. And I think All Creatures Great and Small did better than I was expecting, actually. I was a little worried that we were going to get into this sort of, it was going to become kind of your typical World War II drama, and it really... It, I actually am sort of looking forward. I know this sounds ridiculous. I'm looking forward to next season when the war gets declared officially. Because honestly, like this is where, um, or not war, not that war gets declared officially. That happened at the Christmas special. But next season is uh, basically the blitz is the end of it. Is will become at the end of the year. So that'll be the, it'll be sort of the build up to that. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing it through this lens, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> I need Mrs. Hall and what's his name to figure it out. That's where I'm at. Oh, Gerald. Gerald. Poor Gerald. <laughs> um, I, I need I need Siegfried to get the heck over Mrs. Hall because she has moved on. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Hall doesn't doesn't need his mess. No. It's not he is not her problem to fix. Mm -hmm. I want her and Gerald to to work out their hesitancy issues or whatever and keep it moving. That's what I want. Uh, I have to agree. Um, I uh, w one show though that I was, as you said, slightly disappointed in is I was disappointed this year in Miss Scarlet. Um, I was ho I had real hopes for this whole season two, season three, like back to back airings, and you know I love I still love the show, but I felt like it dropped the ball in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't know if. I don't know if I just had gotten my expectations up about like something different than the show was working towards giving me or if it just dropped the ball on some of the more charactery focused things. I don't know. I feel like I feel like a lot of Eliza's arc such as it was was really reductive and stuff we'd seen her wrestle with before. I feel like despite the fact that the season premiere was basically telling us, you know, that they were that Scar that Eliza and William were going to try to figure out like 
are they together? Are they not together? Like, if they're not going to be together, how does that affect their relationship? Like, what's going on here? And instead, like, William's just, like, absent for an entire third of the season while, like, some other stuff happens. And then the big moments between them, like, we don't see a lot of it play out on screen. We're just either supposed to fill in the blanks ourselves or something i don't know there's just something really missing character wise this season for me in terms of what i wanted for both of those characters i mean i will fully admit i'm like a hardcore shipper so that's what i always want but i am also a hardcore shipper who never ships anything that i get on tv so i'm used to that i'm used to like not getting the couple that i want to get together to get together but i do still want like a satisfying arc for those two characters and their relationship and i feel like it was really um, one step forward, two steps back for a lot of the season. It was frustrating. Mm. And I loved Arabella and I wanted more of her and I wanted her to get to do more than just sort of like be a roadblock to them. And she sort of just ended up being a roadblock to them until she was like, JK, no, I'm not doing this. Um, Yeah, I uh, I have to say that like, I, I, I still love the show and I will absolutely tune in for season four next year. And I have every plans to, you know, for us to do podcasts on it. I'm just, I think I'm retooling my expectations for next season um, to sort of be more middling um, because it's very clear to me, I think, after these two back-to-back seasons that that they are not prepared to get these two characters together maybe ever. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think that that is going to cause problems because it, you're basically blocking the national progress the actual progression of characters like i am not a shipper i don't want them to get together i don't like that idea and yet i can see how much the show is stunting itself by not allowing that does that make sense or or like you know what if you're gonna pick a lane that you're never gonna put them together ever that's also fine but you have to commit to that Mm. lane and you have to show me why that is the right path for them for the show for like that you gotta like sell me on that story <laughs> as much as you have to sell me on the story of them being together if that's the way you go it's this piddly middle of the road thing that doesn't make anybody happy yeah and i think that's just it i think they're trying to make everybody happy and i think that that's not gonna work um i would like to also note that there was one show in january that i absolutely love that we really like didn't cover here at all um frozen planet came back <laughs> Oh, that's on our DVR, but we haven't watched it yet because I feel like that requires like me to actually pay attention to it as opposed to I watch a lot of TV. So I have different levels of TV and I have a lot of TV where I can watch it, but do something else while I'm watching it. And I feel like nature documentaries, I actually have to watch them because I would like to, you know, learn about our planet and animals. So I haven't done it yet, but it's on our DVR. Um, It is. It is as fantastic as all of the David Attenborough planet Earth series have been um it makes me want planet earth 3 which i know has been in production for quite some time are they doing another you know which one i loved was blue planet are they doing another blue planet i like the uh, ocean the ocean simultaneously terrifies me and fascinates me so i would like i would like more of that and he's making a face of me but it's true think about how much of our planet is in the ocean and we don't know what it is we don't know what's down there nessie could be down there you don't know my friend sarah refers to it as the pitiless sea and I really and truly believe that that is a beautiful way of putting it. Because the sea is beautiful, but it has no pity towards us whatsoever. We've never explored like some huge chunk of the ocean and what's under the ocean and down in trenches in the ocean. It's terrifying. 
But I also enjoy um, all the animals that show up on like uh, Frozen Planet because that's where you get like the little penguins and the little foxes. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say, like, especially because David Attenborough is at this point 97. He was literally born like less than 30 days after the Queen. Um, And he's still going like, I mean, he's making like, like not even this one, but he's got like another nature doc coming out like next month or something or this month soon. Yeah. Our Planet 2 just landed on Netflix. Um, He was in, the, in there was a, a a special nature closed its 40th season with a, with an hour of him. Uh, Yeah, he is just he is everywhere again. And honestly, like, I'm so happy about it. I will take all of the David Attenborough um, telling me all about my planet at any time. What did you like this season that I didn't watch? What did I like? Well, I mean, I feel like we both watched um, Franny Langton. Yes, we did. Or The Confessions of Franny Langton. And we both loved that. Honestly, like at this point in this in the year, like I know it's a little early um, and I, I, I can't say this for sure until we get to the end of the year. But right now, Franny Langton is in the running for the best thing I watched hands down of 2023. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Like it's just really a well done period drama on its own, but it's also a period drama that has something I think that's very important to say, which is really not a guarantee in that genre. And not just something important to say, but something that we don't usually hear. You mm-hmm. know, it has its, it, it has a story that w- that hasn't been told before. It has a point of view that we don't usually get. And it has something to say in a space that has actually been kind of resistant to being allowed to say those things. And I think all of those things make it a very important show to promote and to get people to watch. And honestly, on top of that, it's also a fantastic show. Um, and it at this point, I mean, I don't know what else is coming. We'll see. There are always surprises. But right now, like in the same way that like at this point, last at this point in what, 2019, I knew pretty much that Chernobyl was going to be one of the best things I'd seen all year. I mean, Franny Langton has that same spot. It, it, it. I at this point, it's one of the best things I've seen all year. It may be the best thing I've seen all year, depending on how the rest of the year plays out. I mean, it's going to be up there for me. Some something that I loved that is not quite as serious or groundbreaking as uh, the Confessions of Franny Langton is a little comedy that was on Hulu, and I don't think a lot of people saw it because I feel like it sort of came and went very quickly back in. January or February when it aired. It was towards the beginning of the year. It's called Extraordinary. And it is basically a superhero show for people who are tired of superhero shows. Um, I know that like our pop culture is super obsessed with with superhero comic book things right now, but this is really creative and a really interesting way of using the superhero genre to do stories that are not superhero stories. Anyway, the premise of it is it is set in a, in a world where everyone has a superpower. But, um, I mean, the superpowers, are, a lot of them are kind of lame. Like, some people can fly, but, you know, some people can turn doorknobs from a distance or something. Like, so, like, some of them are really cool. Some of them are kind of dumb. But it's about this girl named Jen who lives with her roommate, Carrie. Carrie can channel the dead, which is a lot more annoying than it sounds because she's like, works in a law office where she has to sort of channel dead people for the purposes of testifying in cases of crimes and frauds and you know will readings and anyway jen is the 
heroine of the show. And it is a big deal that she's 25, but she has not developed a superpower yet. And she is the only one of her friends who who doesn't have a power yet. So it's it's a very like coming of age young adult story about figuring out who you are and who you want to be and what the world thinks you should be all told through the lens of like she's the only one in her peer group who doesn't have a superhero power it is shockingly charming and really funny and it's getting a second season so i hope more people try it out before then the thing about extraordinary which i find um slightly extraordinary um, is that it is actually one of the shows that really shows that Hulu is getting all of the quote unquote Disney Plus shows from the UK. This is a show in the UK that is on Disney Plus. And it, if you look at it and you watch it and you know that, you realize that it is actually commentary on Marvel and commentary on everything that Disney Plus already has and that it fits within that within that genre and within that world but because here hulu is not under the disney plus banner and they put they take everything that is not strictly disney family friendly and they put it there and this is it's not in the right place like i think that's the thing that strikes me about it most is that i think people didn't watch it because it wasn't on the right uh, it wasn't on the right streaming service it was on hulu lost or people didn't see it whereas if it had been on disney plus here it would have gotten a larger audience. I don't know. I don't know how I, I, I don't know how people surface things on Disney Plus. I tend to go to Disney Plus to watch like a specific thing, which is usually like whatever the Marvel or Star Wars show of the week is. So I don't know how their sort of content I don't I don't know how their content experience is in terms of like it showing me things that I didn't know it had. Oh, okay. See, I have that because Rob my husband uh doesn't ever he just turns on Disney Plus and like wanders around. And Extraordinary would have been one of those things that would have absolutely surfaced for him and he absolutely would have clicked on. Hulu? Hulu gives him mash. <laughs> Hulu gives him, like, I don't know, like, all in the family, right? Like, Hulu doesn't give him that stuff. And that that's what I mean by this is... It, Hulu's algorithm is completely different and and its expectations of what its audience wants are completely different from what disney plus thinks its audience want and i think that that was actually too extraordinary's uh detriment i mean i also feel like these sort of shows don't necessarily get the kind of marketing push on hulu no. that, that other shows on that streamer get mm -hmm. and i think it just got lost and it's so it's really cute and funny and i think a really nice palette cleanser from say a marvel superhero show because again like the superhero stuff isn't the point um i actually would also say you know hulu had a hulu's had a bunch of these this spring um somewhere boy is streaming on hulu right now i don't even know what that is what is somewhere boy right like it was a show on on the bbc or no i'm sorry it was actually i think it aired on channel four but it was made by bbc studios um literally hulu picked it up like the last week of may and premiered it the first week of june it dropped all eight episodes at once it didn't do any kind of marketing the only reason i knew about it is because i happened to do the june list and i was like what is this where did this come from why didn't we cover it this is totally our lane and i was like oh we didn't cover this because literally the uh press release went out four days ago <laughs> right like it really was just utterly 
and and again, this is another show that is in in the same sort of way, like a cute um, sort of coming of age show that 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 I think would have done much better had it been somewhere else. Um, but it wasn't, and it just sort of got lost because it's the sort of thing that Hulu grabs to sort of to like fill in, but does not actually market. I mean, because to their credit, they to their credit, they do have a fairly extensive British library, right? uh, like a back catalog of things, mm-hmm. and and it's possible they just grab stuff like this to put to put in that bucket. But like, I this I just the show is so adorable. I just want more eyeballs on it. I, I absolutely agree, and I honestly like the other thing that I wanted to um, I I, uh, I wanted to note is that like when Hulu. Hulu going around taking these shows and then not marketing them is also really a detriment just to everybody because this could have been a bit, you know, this could be a big hit for someone else. You know, like Extraordinary could have been great for Breadbox. It could have been great for Acorn. And instead it sort of lost, you know, Somewhere Boy is the same sort of thing. It doesn't really feel right. It doesn't actually feel that super right for either of those places but i i know what you mean it could have been like like i actually think people would people would have gone bonkers for it on netflix oh yeah and i think somewhere boy also would have done really well on netflix because you know i mean what what was hulu busy pushing like stars on mars i mean anyway that is not a real show (laughs) it is a real show it's a real show they literally put I, they've literally put a bunch of american celebrities in a faux mars setting and they have to survive (laughs) moving on moving on that was great that was worth it all right anyway um what else did you love this year what did i love this year um i feel like the middle of the spring had a lot of disappointments for me i really wanted to to love marie antoinette and i did love bits and pieces of it but the last couple of episodes kind of fizzled out for me a bit at the end I love that we got season three of Sanditon. I don't super love season three of Sanditon. Uh, I love Ted Lasso. Didn't super love this season of Ted Lasso. Like it's, uh, I had a lot of, I had a lot of swing and a miss kind of shows for the first half of this. Yeah, and and the shows that really hit for me um in the middle of the in the middle of the spring were sort of things that i wasn't really expecting like a spy among friends over on mgm plus first of all mgm plus who the heck knows what that is it was epics it is it was it's basically it was owned by mgm they had they called it epics after their linear channel and they basically didn't really promote it too much and it the only thing it really had on it that anybody might have noticed was belgravia um and then mgm i mean what most people know mgm for is james bond right and basically amazon was like we'd like to buy james bond from you and mgm said if you buy james bond from us we will have no more reason to exist and so jeff bezos says okay that's fine i'll just buy all of you then and suddenly mgm was owned by amazon um and you know they got this extra streaming service along with it that they didn't know what to do with and suddenly had to market and so they rebranded it mgm plus and the show that was its flagship is this a spy among friends and a spy among friends like when i looked at it i was like okay this is because there's no such thing as the james bond television show um damian lewis and guy pierce are basically mi5 agents the same way that um or mi6 agents the same way that uh 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 
um, James Bond is. Um, they are, it's Cold War era British spies. It, they are gentlemen spies. They went to Eton. They are, you know, they are, they are privileged. Both very, both very good looking. Right? Like, they, they, you, I'm very shallow about shows like uh, this. And they totally are the kind of guys who, like, are going to sleep with that secretary the moment they get a chance to. Like, you can see it, right? Except that it takes the entire premise of that and turns it on its head and basically shows what a falsehood James Bond is selling. That these guys, because they are so privileged and so blind and so self-assured and assume that the world is bending their way, that they actually were the most incompetent spies there were and allowed more secrets to get out to Russia during the Cold War than anyone else. And that basically, it basically it's a show that explodes that myth. And I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. I thought Damian Lewis was brilliant as the very incompetent, you know, high-end guy who, don't worry, I'll just go talk to him and I'll make it all better. I love him. I love him. And I think this was the first thing he made after um, after his wife, the late, great Helen McCrory, passed. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that it was something good. And uh, Guy Pierce is, uh, is basically the traitor who... Um, he was nobody thought of him as a traitor and he got away with it for years because they were like, well, he's one of us. Why would he betray us? Like they literally couldn't fathom that someone born to the aristocracy could be a a, a Russian spy. Like they just did. It just couldn't didn't grok. And I just I thought that was such a brilliant it was such a brilliant takedown of all of the James Bond myths in six beautiful episodes that I'm just you guys you got to watch this. Are they making are they making more of it? No, they are not. It's a it is a, it, an it was, actual limited it's series. It's an actual limited series based wow. on it's actually Those are rare. The book is called A Spy <laughs> Among Friends and it is it th- this is a real story. This is actually like based on a real account. These guys are actually like real life spies who basically did this this basically happened. And yeah, it. Ugh. Um, you can see why it was not just the choice of MGM Plus to use it as the flagship launch show, but also ITVX in December. It they also used it as their flagship launch show when they launched ITVX, and I. You could see why the show was worth it. Um, another thing I really loved, and I know you didn't watch, um, was the Luther movie. I was startled how yeah, much I liked I the, Luther the Luther movie. movie. Speaking of James, Bo- speaking of other Bond things, I was really surprised. Uh, like, no, also I mean, the fact lo- that like, I, I will tell you it looked fine. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I have a lot of things to watch. It wasn't high on my list. I'm sure I'll get to it. Like, I don't know, some sick weekend or something. The thing is, is that like because it was released in theaters, it it really felt to me like that middling sh- that mi- you know that that middle movie that no longer exists in the movie theaters because we only ever have blockbusters and Oscar stuff and all that other stuff goes to streaming. I felt like this was one of those, and that it actually got to premiere in theaters, and that Luther as a story worked really well in movie format as well as in tv show format and i was pleasantly surprised by that sometimes during the series i wondered if it wouldn't be better served by being like mini movies or something Mm -hmm. because sometimes the sometimes the series gets a little in its own way let's put it that way I, i i can see what you mean by that and yes this is one of those things where it didn't get in its own way because it was relentlessly streamlined and it was it was 
surprisingly good listen when you can't go outside because I don't know the world is ending go watch it <laughs> go stream it it's good <laughs> startlingly good all right anyway um here is something that I really enjoyed that I did not expect to enjoy and I feel like I don't know why I feel like a little embarrassed that I enjoyed it but also I guess because it's like popular and I like to be all like Brooklyn hipster about like I don't like popular things <laughs> But I really enjoyed Netflix's The Diplomat. And well, I think because I thought it was going to be bad and it's not bad. I mean, it's definitely not like people are not going to like write think pieces about The Diplomat, if you know what I mean. Um, It's not succession for an edition, but it's fun. Like, it's really it's just an easy, fun watch with a lot of great actors. Carrie Russell stars in it as a uh ambassador to a, an ambassador who gets pulled from her diplomatic post that she thought she was going to get in Afghanistan and sent to London to serve as the US ambassador to the UK and uh along with her husband my beloved Rufus Sewell is uh who is a former ambassador and a political junkie kind of himself and they have to go to London and try to figure out who caused a terrorist attack and it's really like we watched it in two days. It's really propulsive and fun. And, and Carrie Russell and Rufus Sewell are fantastic together. They have wonderful chemistry. You can feel how you need to feel about whether or not their marriage will last. I don't know. But um, I really liked it. And I, I was not expecting to like it at all. Among my friends, um, there was a lot of howling about Rufus Seal's character. Uh, uh, can, we, can he just have his big moment finally? I feel like I have loved Rufus Sewell since he was in Cole Comfort Farm. And like, no, that's something we should put on the Classics Revisited list, by the way. Um, and he just keeps being in all these things that I'm like, well, now finally Rufus Sewell is going to have his big breakout moment. From Victoria to the show where he was just like a really attractive Nazi and that made me feel like very uncomfortable <laughs> to this like can he just be an it guy for a little bit because he's so great he's he okay he definitely made an impression because they all cursed Hal's name like up and down <laughs> he's so good at it they, they, he, he was the character every but I still but I still ship Hal and Kate like I want them to work it out like I'm very invested in their relationship I have to say that I think my favorite moment and not just because like it made me cackle but because of the way that all of my girlfriends cheered when it happened was when Carrie Russell beats him with her shoe <laughs> I liked that they were literally wrestling in the bushes, like physically fighting. <laughs> like it's, I, it's a great. It's, it's. I just can't get over how good it is. I know. It's not like, it's not Emmy winning. So I mean, I'm not trying to be like, I only watch prestige things. This is like dumb TV for the masses. It's not serious. That's maybe what I mean more than by not prestige. But it's so much fun. Um, the thing is, I think this is the first time someone has given Carrie Russell material that is worthy of her acting skills since the the Americans ended. And I think yeah. that's that's really part of the key here. And um, also, by the way, uh, I don't know if anyone noticed, but Perry Mason got canceled. And that means Matthew Reese is a uh, pre- Mr. Carrie Russell is Mr. Uh, in need of a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I feel like there might be a, I think there might be a Welsh character who can wander into the embassy and we can actually hear him speak in his real accent. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I always forget he has a real accent that isn't the accent that's on TV. Anyway, the diplomat, like 
for once, Netflix top, Netflix's top 10 is not lying. It's actually good. It really is. Um, let's see. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Holding, uh, which was uh, on uh, Acorn TV this season. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's a colon tell. Uh, is uh, uh, a schlubby police officer who is basically like the only cop in a tiny little town in Ireland um, who suddenly has a murder on his hands and has to figure out how to actually solve crimes. And it is an adorable, sweet little show that I was not expecting to like, let alone love. Um, it's based on a Graham Norton book. I didn't know Graham Norton wrote books. Graham Norton writes books? Dude, he wrote, ag- I knew he wrote like Agony Ant columns, but I didn't know he wrote books. Um, but this is like based on his book and it's it's sweet and it's cute and it was probably super lost on Acorn. And I really want people who like watch Acorn who might have missed this to go and watch it because I think you'll love it. Anyway. I have not seen that, mm-hmm. but it sounds cute. It, it is super cute, and it is super sweet, and especially if the only thing you ever know Colin Hill from is uh, is Game of Thrones, where he's the bald, uh, the 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 whisper spider whisper whatever. Um, oh, uh, Varys. Yeah, getting to seeing him in this role with a a full head of hair and be just just a complete opposite of what you of 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 how he has been portrayed on TV and the kind of roles he usually gets like it's just i just it plays against type it's great you should go see you should see it yeah that one i feel like we've covered in their own episodes a lot of the stuff that i really loved at the back end of the spring like i loved queen charlotte mm-hmm. i thought that was just wonderful possibly better than definitely better than Bridget in season two possibly better than season one i'm arguing better than season one at least the eagle of season mm-hmm. one i would say okay I will accept equal to season one. Um, let's see. I also have to say loved the great and was really glad that we got to do an episode on it this season because or this season this year um, after every single year that I have written the great on the schedule and then had to erase it because something else came along. Um, I am really glad we got to talk Huzzah! about it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as the weeks go on and there is no renewal, I think, yeah, I think that was it, guys. And I, I don't think I hate I don't it. Know. Well, like I said, like I said in the episode, I, it's a rare situation where i feel like i'll be fine either way like if this is the end of it that ending is perfect if it's not i will keep right on watching it because i'm sure whatever comes next will also be excuse the fun great i I just feel like i'm gonna win whichever way it goes i will i will say that the great is probably i'm trying to decide if franny langton or the great is my best of the year so far like number one it's one of those two Mm, franny langton for me definitely um i i love the great i was surprised by how much i love the great but franny langton is operating on a different level in my my opinion um i also would like uh to give a shout out um to uh to netflix for uh bringing over more of uh great british stuff um, it, that it has finally sort of noticed that the Great British, uh, Great British Bake Off, the professionals, Great British Bake Off juniors exist, and I'm really glad they're coming over. They're not doing them weekly. They're just they're just bringing the last season over. Oh, my my niece, my niece loves the um the junior Bake Off. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like I think that I think that's really smart of them. Um. And this is where I would like to give a boo out, um, if I may. Um. One of the things we were discussing before we 
recorded Lacey was going through all the things she liked and she brought up I hate Susie too and I had to remind her that actually was in December and then I realized it's basically the last British thing that came to HBO Max um we had Rain Dogs which came to HBO and therefore streamed on Max I, I don't really think people understand the difference anymore no, I don't think so either, but this was the last show that was a, this was the last British Max original that arrived in, it, there have been none in 2023. And that means that all of the shows that like we were looking forward to, like uh, The Great Pottery Throwdown, season six, yeah, uh, just missing in action. And I don't know if anyone else pays these things, but okay, so Channel 4 isn't actually allowed to make its own programming. This is a kind of a weird-ass rule that they have in, in, in the UK about what, what it can produce and what it can't. And so what it does to get around it is to do these sort of co-productions with um, things like Love Productions and HBO. And having HBO Max, which was basically its co-producer on a lot of shows, just sort of disappear like this and not really, like, say one way or the other where they're going means that a lot of things are getting canceled over there. And that's... I'm really sad about that. Um, And I'm kind of mad at HBO Max or Max or whatever the heck we're calling it today. Um, I'm I'm just kind of mad about it. I don't understand their business plan <laughs> or their current business model. So, uh, uh. Uh, I yeah, I I don't know. I I I'm also just frustrated because do you know what it's like to try to Google Max? <laughs> like what? I mean, your cat's name is Max. Seriously, like it is just I I it like won't somebody please think of the seo like this is not a thing you cannot you cannot google it it is it is well i mean also we were talking about hulu's problem with surfacing its own content right i know problem that that whatever version of the hbo max app we're on right now or max whatever shares yeah um i would also note um we did actually cover one of hulu's uh better british shows this year uh am i being unreasonable which is uh basically it's sort of ba- th- the name comes from here in reddit land it's called um a- a- am i the a um and people like talk about it a lot on social media um am i unreasonable is the british version and it is a am i being unreasonable it's actually it's it's quite funny um it has a really great twist ending which i will not reveal but i honestly thought it was a surprisingly good show um i watched it because we had somebody review it and i needed to like have an idea of what was going on in order to edit it and it's one of those things where like i watched the first episode thinking that i wouldn't watch past that and i watched the whole thing by accident <laughs> those are the best though yeah like and so when that kind of happens like i'm always like that show is better than i thought it was gonna be and like i don't think anybody really knew it was there and that's that that's that's a shame that that hulu can't push its stuff right um and i'm i'm mad at max i'm just mad at max that makes me think you're mad at your kitty no i'm not mad at my kitty he's just like hi i have a belly and it's not gonna rub itself and i'm like i know <laughs> anyway hmm anything else that you would like to give some love to oh dag leash 
I would love to give a shout out to Daglish. Oh, I watched season one, but I did not watch season two. I do love Bertie Carvel and support anything he chooses to do. Um, I thought that season two actually built really well on season one. Um, I thought his relationship with the uh with the underling Kate, um, that 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 sort of that that you know sort of they they sidestepped the the traditional will they or won't they and found their way through that without ever having to even touch it which I thought was really brilliant. Um, I also really loved the mysteries this season. Um, they picked three really good P.D. James books to do. Um, I'm really looking forward to season three, which is already greenlit. Like, I just, I think that of, like, the non-PBS sort of mystery shows that that, that are, like, a traditional mystery show in that way, because um, D- Dagley's was originally a masterpiece mystery show back in the 80s, Um I, I think this is one that that has done that has been done really well, um, and I'm I, I commend Acorn for 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 how well it's done with Daglish, and I'm very much looking forward to season three, and I really hope everybody goes and checks it. Season two, it's only three episodes, people. You can do this. Well, it's technically six episodes because they're divided in half, but it's three stories, three three feature length stories. Yep. Love Bertie Carmel. Mm-hmm. That's all I got support him in whatever he chooses to do <laughs> um let's see what else um i'm trying to think if there's anything else like all i can think of right now though is that i'm um the things i'm mad at like um like ted lasso <laughs> i'm just uh... yeah i'm not I just... like i said it's just been a year of real disappointments for me so far mm-hmm. with a few notable exceptions yeah like I think that's sort of the thing is that the things that that that, that failed failed me hard and the things that surprised me surprised me quite well well a lot of the things that failed for me were things that i i knew had the potential to be really good so therefore it feels like like doubly bad i know what i forgot to mention and it's because it isn't actually finished yet um and it will be debuting its last episode right around the time this episode comes out happy valley's final season Oh, yeah. Uh, Happy Valley is just, I mean, honestly. I still can't believe they came back for the final season like six years later. Um, Not only do I love the fact they came back six years later, I love the fact they kept the same act, the, the same kid actor to continue to play Ryan and that he has grown up into a brilliant actor. That you can almost see in the same way you can see in like some of the Potter kids that basically spending a decade studying under like the Maggie Smiths and the Michael Gambons of the world taught them a lot and it, that and helped mold them into the next generation. Like you can see that working with James Norton and 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 Sarah Lancashire and uh, uh, Siobhan Finneran really has done great things for that actor and that he is basically growing up into a fine fine actor um i'm his name's rise kona by the way um or reese kona um and i think he he, dude i really you should watch happy valley season three it's it's a really smart way to bring the show back do you do you think it and do you think it ends in a satisfying fashion oh yes since it is the end of of happy valley oh it is absolutely the end of happy valley but what i think the thing that i love the most about it is that it really explored what the history of his parents meant to Ryan and how he deals with Tommy Lee Royce as the reality of his father and what, how to have a relationship with someone who is a monster and whether or not that 
that means you have to be a monster, you know, uh, nature versus nurture kind of stuff. Like, are, will you grow up to be a monster because you were made by monsters? Or will the people who loved you make you better? Like that, I honestly thought that much more than the actual, like, main mystery, I thought that stuff was the really, re that was the reason to tune in for me. Oh, I like it when shows end well, unlike Ted Lasso. And besides, there is literally a scene in the coffee shop between Siobhan Finneran and Sarah Lancashire, which is literally just one of the, like, in a, in a year where I watched, like, all of the succession actors act their faces off, there is one episode where the two of them are sitting in the cafe, just across from each other, and it is just, it, everything about it is just perfect. Like, you just want to hug those actors after that scene is over, because it's so good. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else that I need to put on the list of good things versus disappointing things. I just had a, I don't know. I had a lot of disappointments this year. I know, babe. I'm sorry. You know, we we we, we have a lot to look forward to, though. We have a we have a um the fall's going to bring us world on fire. Um, there's also oh, um there's also rumors of uh Annika and Unforgotten and uh, oh Vanderbalk will be back of course in the fall like these the you know we we have we have quite we have quite a few good things coming. I'm holding out hope that maybe I'll get like Serpent Queen season two or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably not because I suspect that probably takes forever to film, but most likely. Um, but yeah, I uh, I have I have good feelings about like where is that Buccaneers remake? Apple looking at you. Apple is working on it. Apple is working on it. They are you know honestly like I. I've been pleasantly surprised by Apple um, so far, and you know I, I I have high hopes for it. Um, I'm 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 still frustrated with Paramount Plus. I wanted Paramount Plus to bring me some of those British things that it's been working on, and that pipeline has not opened up yet. And I'm really hoping that 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 it does for the second half of the year because I want I want to see some of those shows. Huzzah. I really do like, I like Paramount Plus a lot. And I feel like they've greenlit a lot of good things. I just don't know where the good things are. Like, I don't know where they are in their development process. A bunch of the British ones are done. It's And they've aired in the UK, but they haven't come over here yet. And, you know, honestly, as, as much as I know those shows are popular, a streaming service cannot live on Star Trek and Yellowstone alone. It just can't do that. This is not that world anymore. 2014, maybe, but not in 2023. I don't know. Taylor Sheridan's got like 17 new shows coming. I know. So How did that man do that? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think that is our show on 2023 so far. Uh, if you have something that you think we should have talked about but didn't, um, tell us. We're at televisions at weta.org. In the meantime, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on most social media. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. And you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their bellies on uh, at Annie Bundle on Instagram, um, including Max, who I'm not mad at. The other Max, as opposed to the other Max. See, this is why it's a terrible name. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see, I am the assistant editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. So if you basically go to my social media and follow me, you will see what I uh, what I wrote this week and am promoting. 
and that'll be how you know what I wrote. Huzzah! I will always be grateful for the great for giving me the huzzah to say in response to literally any situation because you can say it in any intonation that makes it work. Uh, as for me, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B and pretty much any other social media app that is currently in existence. If you just want the site in the pod, we are on social media at Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. We are a product of local PBS station WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at television.org to check out some more of it, including recaps, reviews, listicles, news updates, all kinds of good stuff. And there's a big old donate button up top if you would like to help us in our quest to make even more of this great content for your eyes and ears. That is our show. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I always feel like I should say something like, I don't know, something good at the end of the episodes, but I'm not sure that when this is going to air. But uh, so I will be very generic and say, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, do something nice for someone else because it is ultimately going to make you feel a lot better too. And uh, stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.